When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Happy Monday night. Tuesday is when you'll be hearing this. Um, It's currently like 9 p.m. tonight. I always like to just let you guys know what I'm doing and like where I'm at right now because I feel like I have to have a proper check-in. And I feel like it's kind of comforting like knowing because I don't have, like, a studio, obviously, so it's kind of comforting knowing, like, I don't know, like, what I'm doing, where I'm at, how life is, um, before I just jump into today's topic, which is going to be very, very interesting, so just give me a second here. Um, I thought I would just check in, because life's been crazy. I've been feeling really strange. There's been this strange June, 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 it's literally August 1st. Why did I say June? I want to say like June gloom, but it's like August gloom. Um, It's been very almost like dystopian type of weather. It's been dark and rainy. Not really rainy. Actually, it rained like twice. Um, Very muggy and cloudy. Like still very hot, but just completely cloudy. And it's just felt really weird. And it's been quite depressing. Um, I've been like in a very weird moody state the last few days where I've been just very thoughtful and in my head and existential and just feeling a lot of really good excited emotions mixed with like really sad kind of like depressed emotions. So it's been a weird like moodiness and I think sometimes you get a mixture of both of that whenever you're kind of like where you're kind of like growing and inspired and excited and during a lot of growth I think there can be a lot of discomfort and a lot of unknown and a lot of weirdness so I think I'm just experiencing all of that in one and I think I'm really missing my parents which is like my only real family and I'm missing um just a lot of different things and I don't know so it's I've been feeling a little bit weird Um, but I did hit a hundred thousand on Instagram, which is a really big deal to me because I sometimes just feel like it's such a special thing for me to be able to share so much with so many people. And I was not planning on doing this as a full-time job. I was in production, like I've mentioned, like what, two years ago, pre-COVID and just decided to try Instagram and I've been very consistent and I work so hard on my content and just being very, very, very uh, intentional with what I put out. So I feel very excited about that and I just can't wait to see what's more in store. Um, but yeah, so I hit a hundred thousand. It's August 1st. Been doing a lot of journaling and a lot of like sometimes when it's like the first of the month, I'm like, ah, whatever. But for some reason, August feels like a very definite first of the month. And I think it's just because it's like for me, July has always been like a lot. Um, And it's kind of like the middle, like smack in the middle of the year. It's kind of just like, I don't know, like a little weird. Um, And it's kind of an odd, like, 
summer is kind of peaking and it's almost going to go downhill and there's kind of like some like summer blues with that. Um, but July is always so productive and big for me. So I feel like it's just a heavy month that I had to reflect on. And then now to think about August and like, you know, when you're looking like at the next few months of the last bit of the year, it's like kind of nerve wracking. So I think that's why it can be like super intense. But, um, Anyways, I did a bunch of prep for that. I have a lot of exciting things coming. I've been getting more samples made for clothing. I've been working on so many projects. I've really just been working my sweet little butt off on so many things. And I just feel very excited about it, but also very, like, tired. And I don't know. I just think um, there's a lot that comes also, like, you know, creating your own schedule, discipline. I should also go into, like, maybe social media more I mean I think I already had an episode on that but I kind of want to talk more about like I don't know kind of working for yourself and like how that's affected me and like kind of also like my future predictions for um how I guess everyone's gonna be kind of working from home and there's gonna be less um kind of like in office less co-worker vibes and I feel like that's almost gonna be detrimental to us okay that's a whole different topic Let's get into the real deal juicy meat of this episode, which is something that it's actually a prelude to a project, an ebook that I'm releasing uh, on Friday of this week. And I've been working on this for months now and I put it in the back burner for a little bit because I had other projects come up and other things that I wanted to get up and running like Paradise LA and all that. So, um, but it's something that I have been talking about, if you've been following me for a long time, you've known that I've been talking about this. Um, it's basically a, the ebook is going to be basically a, um, an updated modern version of the book that this whole concept, The Art of Seduction is based off of. So let's go back. Okay. So The Art of Seduction is a book by Robert Greene, who is an amazing, amazing writer. And I guess he's technically a psychologist. Um, but he is phenomenal. I have heard him on the Skinny Confidential and other podcasts. I've read uh, the Power, uh, the Forty Eight Laws of Power, as well by him. Um, he's an extremely well known and powerful writer, and he wrote this book a long time ago. It's a little bit dated, but it's still phenomenal and very long. Called The Art of Seduction, and I remember being in like late middle school, early high school, and I really grew into my power as a woman and as a person very early on. I got very much pushed into being more mature, more sexual, more seductive than I think that I wanted to be. Um, When I was just 13 or 14, I was literally sexualized by every single person in my life. I was constantly being put on this pedestal by men and being told things and being perceived. And it's been my life ever since. And I've had a lot of struggles with it. And I know it sounds kind of weird or like, I don't know, there's a more I could go into with that as well, but it's just my reality and it's something I've dealt with. But I really noticed my power as a woman and as um, a human, truly, at a very young age. And I think that some of us still don't even feel like we've stepped into that power yet or even how to do that or even feeling like they're were comfortable enough to do that. So for me to experience that really young, I got kind of greedy with it. And I think now it's funny, like as I'm older, as I'm 25 now and going to be, you know, and going into my thirties, I feel softer and more small and, um, and innocent and more, uh, 
just kind of like not as intense as I used to be. And it's kind of nice to kind of flow into this more like calm, softer version of myself, which I never had growing up. I was always, like I said, I always felt the extreme intensity of all the positions I was put in and the perceptions of myself. And so I think as I'm older now and shedding some of that uh, intensity, it's been really nice to kind of get back to this more like sweet, childlike, um, softer kind of parts of myself. But that being said, at a very early age, I was aware of my power and I realized I want to be like the ultimate seductress. Like I want to be like, I want to command everyone's attention in a room. I want to be the person people look at and listen to and I just want to be that like ultimate seductress, right? So I remember learning about sirens because you read the Odyssey in high school and sirens are basically these mermaids who um, they're mythical creatures or whatever that would basically sit on the rocks um, and the Odyssey, this is part of the story, um, the sailors would be sailing on the sea and these sirens would be sitting on these rocks and or like an, on an island or whatever and would sing and they had the most beautiful voice ever and these sailors and they're very beautiful and these sailors would be like oh my god we have to go and stop off at, to, to follow this voice and this beauty and they would go and the sirens would kill them so it's like this beautiful dangerous seductive thing and so ever since then learning about sirens and that figure um of the siren and um, I I found this book called The Art of Seduction. I was like, oh my God, this is going to change my life. So I read this Art of Seduction book when I was in high school, you guys. Insane. Should not have let me do that. I was just dumbfounded. I was like, I found the key to, to, key to life, the to key to everything. And so you might be wondering, okay, like, because this is kind of a weird topic in a way, because it's like, okay, seducing, seduction, we think of seduction as sex, right? And this is what I go over in the workbook. Because I'm not going to share everything because the whole purpose is that I created this whole um, big, you know, ebook that basically is f- describing all this and to help you become the ultimate seducer. But basically, we the, here's some misconceptions because we think of seduction, right? When I say that word seducing, seduction, everyone thinks it's like sexual. It's like locking eyes with a guy at a bar, seducing him and going home and sleeping with him kind of thing, Right. But seduction is something that goes on in our day-to-day lives with everyone, with everything. It is the most, one of the most fundamental parts of the human experience. And seduction, if you just take a step back from just the sexuality part of it, we seduce everything. Seducing is even a form of like a manifestation, if you want to call it that, you know, it's, 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 it's a way to kind of just attract what you want to pull in. Just think of seduction and seducing as pulling in, right? Pulling in attention. So this, you could seduce a boss. You could, I mean, okay, we're not going to say seduce, but you can use the seduction tactics on a boss, on coworkers, um, in a company meeting, with friends, with lovers. We love doing it with lovers. That's just the easiest part. But you can do it in so many different ways. And the human experience is naturally... Uh, seduction naturally occurs in that. And so by just basically being more aware and just basically refining your skills you already have, being aware of the skills you already have, and then refining them and being more aware of others and being more aware of how you basically interact with others, it's using your 
certain, certain verbiage, certain um, body language cues, all these different elements go into this. And it's so fascinating. So there's basically nine archetypes of the seducer. So I break it down for you into all these different types of seducers. There's a siren. There's one called the dandy. There's one called the charismatic, um, the, uh, the charmer, all these different ones. And it's so interesting because once you read about them, and the book is great and it breaks it down, but I kind of try to modernize it because I just think it's um, a lot more easier to understand. Um, and you start to under- start to see these archetypes in your friends, in your family. You start seeing them in your exes. Like I was pointing out all of my exes being like, oh my God, he's a fucking dandy. He's the fucking charmer. I know this. Now I see it. I see his technique. And you can have different little bits of different ones, but we definitely are more one than the other. Um, and you can definitely, as you read them and try to understand them, you can really find which one you kind of naturally are. Um, and it's been so helpful for me. And I found that truly, um, in my life, I've been, I'm pretty good with people and I have a lot of problems. I have a lot of, a lot of flaws. Okay. I have a lot of things like I have, literal debilitating anxiety and mental health issues, right? Um, it's very internal for me. I've never had social anxiety. I've never had any like social problems. It all stems from like my internal world. So I think that these using these skills and seeing this whole method um, and learning about the art of seduction is so important because it really helps you step into your power as a human. And we all have this innate power, right? We all have this ability to communicate and to touch and to use our senses and to um, laugh and to smile and to get to know people and to um, move around and to, you know, share things and storytell and all this stuff. Like we have this power innately as human beings, right? We have a consciousness, whatever. And so we do that day to day, no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter what your skills are, it's just, we have to do that when you're buying a coffee versus when you're, I don't know, sitting, you know, with a friend, you have to use these skills. So it's like, why not, be more aware. Why not see what you can really do and see how you can actually attract even more people into your life and the right people that you want to attract and how to get people to really fucking listen to you. Because so often, especially with women, we are not heard that much. And I hate to do the whole like feminism, like women aren't heard, but it's fucking true. Like it's harder to fucking be heard as a woman. Okay. It just is. Even growing up as a little girl, I was like, felt like men would just have so many unsolicited opinions and so many things they would always just tell me and say. And I got so mad at being taken advantage of and being told shit and hollered at and catcalled and, um, kind of just like manipulated and all these things that I was like, no, like I'm done with this. Like I'm literally done and I want my power back. And that's why I think my little brain was like, okay, I'm seeing all this power that I'm getting, but how can I use it and, and grow into it and make it my own? Because a lot of times too, when you're just like this apple of, of men's eye, right? Or you're just this like gorgeous woman or whatever, because looks, it's a small part of it and you'll see that in this, but it's not really about your looks because you don't have to be the most beautiful person. Um, for instance, Cleopatra is a great example of one of the archetypes that he talks about in the book, right? And Cleopatra was not a traditionally beautiful woman, but she had this way about her that was so unbelievably sensual and 
powerful that people just wanted to fucking worship her. And that's the energy because I don't know about you, but there's been tons of people in my life that I'm like, ah, they're not like the most gorgeous person. Like, you know, not in a mean way, but they're just not like, you know, there's prettier people or more attractive people to the eye, but something about them just catches people and people are so in love with them and they have like this star quality and whatever and then this is how you start understanding why certain people stand out why certain people become famous well sir why wow oh my god i can't even speak i'm jazzed about this obviously um why certain people get more things like i i used to have here's a good example i used to have a friend actually not used to she's still one of my best friends but she's my best friend forever and we growing up were always like inseparable and middle school, high school. She was someone, I swear to God, no matter if we did every single thing together, if we had the exact same like way of doing things, way of being, she would get everything. Like she would literally like everything would just happen to her. That was good. Like she would get into certain things. She would have like the perfect situation where like she would end up getting an A on this test or getting into the special class or getting into the the college that was completely filled or getting the ideal apartment randomly or like random good things would always happen to her and people would just were obsessed with her. And you know, you probably have friends too who like everyone's in love with, you know? Um, And that is like, there's certain small things. It doesn't mean that they're just you know, absurdly attractive. And this can go the opposite way to uh, opposite way too. You probably have have friends or know people who are not actually, who are actually so stunning and so gorgeous, but then it's like, no one's like that obsessed with them. You know, it's almost like it kind of, it's, there's like, okay, yeah, they're very pretty, but then what, you know? So it's about honing in on these little characteristics and these little bits of refining kind of normal human interaction and how can you enhance it and really use all of your senses and all of your abilities to also be aware. And I think this is a really good lesson because honestly, one thing that has helped me in my life that's just made my life better and more vibrant and more lovely and more fucking fun is just being more observant. And I know sometimes I'll be posting on my Instagram story. Like today I posted just kind of like a rogue story that came into my head. And it was just me observing the outside world. And like this like weird, I sometimes I have like imagery that comes up for me or that like I take photos of and I share it and I just like will do a blurb on it, whatever. But that's just me being hyper observant. And my father taught me this because he's a photographer and he's an artist. And all he did when I was growing up was literally teach me how to be observant because he would stop and literally smell the roses like non-metaphorically every single day. Everything was a photo. Everything was interesting. The trash overflowing was gorgeous, was picture perfect. The leaves perfectly falling on the ground that made it into the shape with the gravel, perfect. There's all these different ways we can start observing more to live a better life. And part of this is observing others. And this is what goes into the art of seduction is like the biggest part to start seducing others is about the others. It's about actually fucking listening to people. It's about actually trying to listen to what they're saying and communicate and be a good person and and just be a good listener. And then take what they're saying and kind of 
absorb it, gather that info, collect data, because that's all we're doing as humans, right? It's just collecting data. So collect data on these people. And then you can use the seduction tactics to get in there. So, but first you got to collect the data. And I think like that's something that we just do not do enough. And that's why I collect data with photos. I do it with writing. I do it with video. I do it with my Instagram. Um, And I really encourage you to start collecting data all over. Even if you don't feel you're that creative or even if you aren't showing it to anyone, even if you aren't like having this big Instagram page or big profile, literally just for yourself. Because if you're finding yourself in a slump, if you're finding yourself feeling powerless and kind of weird, then I'm telling you, just start observing more. And and I'll tell you this, like here's some, I'll give a, I'll give like five little seduction ta- tactics um, that I've realized over the years that are really important. And one of them goes into, or kind of flows in with this whole concept of observation. So when it comes to men specifically or someone like let's talk love love interest, but also this could work with like again a coworker or a boss or whatever, a friend, but let's specifically talk relationship like lover boy, okay? Eye on the prize, apple of your eye, you see someone, you're attracted to them, you want to seduce them, right? And let's say maybe they come up to you at a bar or you're chatting with them. It's a friend of a friend. I don't know what are the fuck situations. Maybe it's over DMs. I don't know. On Hinge, dating app. Um, ask questions. Literally, ask questions. Look them in the eye. Ask them questions. They say something, ask for a detail. And be actually interested. Just put your fucking shit aside Put your fear of like looking a certain way or talking a certain way and just literally listen. Like just listen for a second. Ask some small details. Have some banter in there. We love banter. Eye contact. Eye contact. The eyes are the best seduction tactic in, ever. I mean, the eyes do everything. I, I always have this thing where like I don't go up to men and I don't like pursue in that way, but I'll do it with my eyes. I will full on, I fuck you, tell you to come over to me and talk to me and all that with just the eyes. Um, so the eye contact is really important. Body language, body language is so important. Just if, for instance, if you're, I don't want to go too deep into it, but like using your body, using the way that you move, becoming more sensual, Okay, that's my second one. So the first one, I'm getting so ahead of myself. The first one is, the first one is ask questions. Second one, eye contact. Third one, be aware of your body language. There's so many times that I see people just being floppy and all over the place and kind of like posture's bad you know, their movements are chaotic. And I'm not saying don't like dance and like you could be chaotic, but just be slightly aware of how your body moves and how you're kind of flowing. And are you using your hands? Are you touching your hair? Are you, you know, sometimes I like to touch my lips and spread around my lipstick while someone's kind of watching me, or I like to kind of like adjust my top and those little bits of touch, those little bits of, of self-care you're doing while you're at the bar, game changer then they're going to be looking at you in that way. And suddenly they're attracted to you. And I don't care what you look like. I've been in a bar. Most of the time when I go out, I'm wearing baggy low rise pants 
and like a t-shirt or like a button down. Sometimes I'll go full on baggy just to test my theory on that having swagger is so much more powerful than having your tits out. Like I'm being serious. Sure, do I have my tits out 98% of the time? Yes, a little bit. But will I have like, you know, a tasteful top on over? Will I have a little button down showing the shoulder and a little cleavage? Yes. But I'm not wearing the tiniest little skirt and tiniest top. I swear I get way more looks, way more attention that way. Um, And then the fourth little seduction tactic I can give is... This one is basically, this is going to sound really corny, but don't be scared to step into that power a little bit, okay? And I know that sounds like step into your power. Like, I don't mean it that way. I just mean that we have this inherent power and control that I think that we let go of because we get insecure, we get nervous, it's normal. But I think you have to stay rooted in that. And you really fucking do. And when it comes to speaking, whether it's on a Zoom call, whether it's with a new employer, whether it's on a date, whether it's at a guy at a bar, you've got to stay grounded in who you are and your authenticity. And you have to stay in that power, stay in that independence and stay in that space, no matter what they're saying, no matter what the outcome is, etc. And if you stay in that and if you keep the eye contact, if you keep that firm, like your body language straight, your eye contact straight, your brain on, then you'll be fine and people will notice that power and they'll honestly be addicted to it. And I've noticed that because that's what's happened to me. I noticed my power when I was young with the help with some pervy teenagers and friends, brothers and teachers unfortunately. Um, But then it did have me step into my power. It formed this interest. And then since then, it's really helped me move more smoothly through life because I've, in a social way, because I think um, being in that power, being in that confidence, being in my authenticity, my true self has helped everything. It's a game changer and people notice that and the best part is they either fuck with you or or they're too intimidated or not just that but like or they don't fuck with you and that's okay too. I think also it's like not attaching yourself. Part of being in your power, I'll say, is not attaching yourself to the outcome. It's not attaching yourself to, um, well, this person ghosted me or if he doesn't want to go on a date then that must mean that I need to, you know, that I'm doing something shitty, that I need to change, that it's not working for me because I'm incomplete. I'm not good enough, you know? So I think that ultimately the art of seduction is about power. And I think Robert Greene, when he wrote also the 48 Laws of Power, he's obviously big on that, right? And so I think that these are all kind of these like life hacks, honestly. And I think it's playing the game of life. I think For me, I've realized at a very young age that you have to play the game because no one really knows what they're doing. We're all out of control. We're all like just free falling, right? And what we do have is real connection and we have kindness and we have goodness. We have humor and we have laughter, which is part of humor. And we have intensity and we have fucking emotion and being able to move through that with grace and with awareness is honestly such a fucking big life hack.
And anyways, that's why this book really changed my life. And I think that it's really important for us all to kind of understand and read this and become our own seductresses. And I love it too because it's made me, I mean, you can be a man or whatever you identify with and be into the art of seduction. But as a woman, I feel really deep in like my divine feminine power and energy, uh, I guess I should say, because of this. And I feel like it's really helped me regain control back um, because like I mentioned, I hadn't, I feel like I haven't had control my entire life. And I feel like men have really dictated how I see myself and how I see everything. And I hated that. And I resent that. But I also am not going to be ashamed of it. And I'm not going to, I can't go back now. So all I can do is moving forward, have more power, right? And continue with these practices and continue to be an observer and a data collector and an ultimate seductress in every way. So it's interesting. And I just really am excited to share more about this and for you guys all to fucking read this shit. And there's like a workbook in the back and it's going to be fantastic. And you guys can like use it on people and stuff. And it's going to be so fun. And I can't wait to hear about it. But this was my little spiel on Thought of Seduction. I'm really worried to hear this back. I'd be like, wow, this is the most jumbled episode ever. But I'm very passionate about it. And whenever I do these podcast episodes, I feel like I'm just talking to like my best friend about it. So it's kind of nice. I feel like I just kind of get to ramble. And you guys know what's funny. I honestly don't even edit the episodes. Like these are all just one shot. Like I don't edit anything out of it. Maybe I should because I kind of ramble or like say wrong things or pronunciation. But honestly, I like rambling. I kind of like it. It feels like we're on FaceTime or like on a long phone call with like an international friend or something. I don't know. But um, anyways, I love you guys and, and I will talk to you guys soon. Um, I will be posting more about the launch on Friday. So stay tuned for that. But all right. Cheers.